Hello, and welcome to Selective Hearing. I am your host, Julie DeMar, and today I have special guest, Tanya Marie, life coach extraordinaire. She helps mommies who are transitioning from being full-time and fully submerged in motherhood to having teenagers who are out and about and don't really need us like that anymore. Uh, Before I get started with all of my questions, I just would like to ask you to kind of give the audience a little background about yourself and let us know what it is that you do. Awesome. Thank you so much, Julie. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. So yeah, I'm, I'm a life coach for, for mums. Um, I'm a mum myself, obviously. Well, not obviously, but you know, I've got three kids. So my eldest is um, 22 and my youngest is 12. So I've spent a lot of my time, like you said, being fully submerged in that motherhood and the nurturer and the nourisher and the protector. And now that they are older um, and they spend more time on their devices than they do in conversation with me, it, it was a bit of a struggle for me to start off with, especially with my eldest one, because, you know, he was my first and, and I mourned not being able to, to pull him into my lap anymore and, and make him feel safe and fix all his problems and all his issues so it's a real transition for us mums to sort of be able to let go I support mums with is you know working out what is next for you because you know I mean you're still needed by your children but I mean it's a time for celebration too because you have created independent and responsible adults who are ready to start doing more stuff on their own and to have new adventures and and that's all down to the way that we've raised our kids so we should be celebrating that you know we have created good humans and and they're ready to to move on to the next transition but sometimes we just sort of feel a little bit lost because we have shed quite a lot of ourselves in the process of becoming full-time mums and we need to sort of rediscover who we are now and and what we want to do i know that like when you're transitioning from being the point person in your family and being, like I said, fully submerged in mommy duties and mom life, that there is a certain level of guilt that could become attached to you making that transition yourself into wanting to have your own individuality or discovering your own individuality outside of being a wife and a mom. What advice would you give someone who's experiencing that mommy guilt or having those kind of difficulties in this transition period? Sure. So like, yeah, the mom guilt, I think that starts like as soon as you almost as soon like even before you give birth, you start feeling guilty about sort of, should I be eating that? And, and then, you know, once they're born, it's like, okay, well, I can't do that because, you know, I need to like my role now is, is a mother and, and my priority needs to be my baby. I've lived that and I totally understand that. For me, what I, what I started with was de- definitely sort of reflection on where those feelings come from and are they really true so the sort of things that i would recommend people do is to just ask themselves all right why why are you feeling guilty what is the guilt there and usually i should be just totally dedicated to my kids and it's like all right well who says you should who says that who made that rule who made that rule for you what you'll tend to find is that well you know that's that's just the way it's always been that's how my mum was with me that's how i see all the other mums doing that and i know for myself i would feel guilty when other mums did stuff for themselves I'd be like oh my god you can't do that like how can you do that like what about what about you know what does your husband think and what do your children think and what we need to understand and what we need to remind ourselves and that's the other thing the second point like first you reflect on where those those 
those feelings are coming from, really dig deep and question the belief system there. And then what we need to remind ourselves of on an almost constant daily basis is that we are the primary carer usually of our children, which means that in order for us to do the absolute best possible job that we can as parents, as mothers, as the protectors, we need to be in the best possible condition. We need to be. We need to be happy. We need to be healthy. We need to be rested because if we're not, if we're mothering in a depleted state, then we are not giving our children the best version of ourselves. We are essentially robbing them of the best version of ourselves. And and that's a really slippery slope to be on because when you get into the habit of giving into those guilty feelings and not doing things for yourself, then that's a habit that you develop and, and you just become more and more and more burnt out and you are able to give less and less and less. And then in my situation, I found those feelings of resentment were then building because I was absolutely exhausted and unappreciated. And I had created that situation for myself. So I don't want to lay blame on anyone else, but I was resenting everyone else because their happiness was my my highest priority. And my happiness was not even a priority. You know, it was not even on my radar. That's what I would recommend for people is to really dig deep into those beliefs of why you're feeling guilty and to remind yourself that your best version of yourself is what your your family deserves. I know as a mother, I experienced with my first son, I experienced mommy guilt so much. And I actually learned it was because like when I entered motherhood, I was also parenting from a place of pain, but it wasn't that I was putting those traumas that had been inflicted on me, on my children. I was so determined not to do it that I started overcompensating in so many ways and I became burnt out just like that with with my first child I like I there was a point where I wouldn't even let anybody have him because I was like there was all those other things that were within me like you know not trusting people because of things that happened to me when I was a child and then not trusting other people because they were still doing the same things that they were doing when I was a child and I was like well I can't trust him with you because you still are showing the same behaviors and you know it was just like this vicious cycle of me doing everything for him doing everything for my house and I went down really quick and I had postpartum for a year and didn't even realize that that's what it was and I literally operated in a complete state of burnout depression and fear yeah and it took me like having to sit down and speak to someone to be like hey this is what's going on and this isn't healthy for you and it's not healthy for the baby so let's try to put a plan into you know play so that you can be okay and so your child can be okay but the more I went through the motions the more I realized like I'm not the only mommy that experiences that and to even know now like meeting you that there's mothers that do it I did it for almost two years there's mothers that do it for 18 years like I couldn't imagine like the state that you know you're in or you know what it feels like when you kind of come out of that so for the mommies that have older kids could you um kind of share a little bit of your experience of what that that transition period was like when you exactly had that discovery like okay my kids don't need me anymore but I need me what was that like what were those feelings like when you were you know turning that corner 
Yeah. Okay. So initially, you you have the it's a, it's a really mixed feeling because, like you said, you know you you are doing absolutely everything. You know you're doing everything for your child. But on the other side, like I recognised that I was burnt out and I needed to do stuff for myself. So it was a real inward battle for me, like two conflicting sides saying this is what you should be doing for your family, but you know, this is what you need to do for yourself. And on top of that, you know, you, you get to a stage where your children are starting to push you away. They're like, no, I, I don't want you to, you know, kiss me goodbye at the school line because that's bloody embarrassing. And I don't want you to, I don't need you to stay. If I'm going to a party, I don't want you to stay and hover over me and make sure that I'm okay. I mean, they don't, you know, use the same sort of words. It's like, no, go away, I'm fine. <laughs> I recognised that I needed to do something for myself. And so I, it was it was sort of a really fierce determination, um, I think, came over me when it came to sort of looking after myself. And it's like, no, this is, this is time because I dedicated all my life to being there for my kids and making sure that I was my lowest priority. And they all understood, my entire family knew that, I, you know, understood that I was also the lowest priority. So there was a fierce determination there to move myself up the priority list. But there was also not wanting to let go of them either because that was that was what I identified with. You know, I was the protector, I was the nourisher, I was the nurturer, and that was that was my identity. And I was also the sufferer. So when they did start to sort of push me away, it was sort of like, all right, this is my opportunity. This is, you know, I've put so much stuff off till later. So now later is here. So I need to be able to let go of my children and let them, you know, have those experiences on their own and be more independent and be more responsible. And then that gives me time. So I've got these windows of time opening up and I need to make use of those and start really working out what it is that I want, who it is that I am, because I wasn't the same person that I was when I, you know, became a mother. I'm, I'm a completely different person now. So, um, yeah, there was lots and lots of conflicting emotions you know trying to work out that I can let them go and they need to be let go but to re really focus on myself and that was an uncomfortable situation focusing my attention on myself because that was when I worked out you know how fucked up I was like I was the same as you I brought so much trauma in from my childhood and it was only then that I realized okay so this this I brought this in on myself this isn't because I was blaming so you know everyone else for so so long for how miserable I was after you know you start going through that transition period obviously it's a big transitional period for you but it is for your family as well because there's there's two extremes there's whoa mom's a priority now she's climbing the ladder and she's letting us know like she's just as important as we are so how do you kind of restructure your household and help everyone kind of get on board and not feel the shock of what's going on so that you guys can all still move as like you know one healthy unit yeah absolutely that that was that was massive because i had no boundaries whatsoever like you know if i was in the middle of dinner and somebody needed something then you know i would stop whatever i was doing i would drop for my family had no boundaries on my time had no boundaries on my personal space i had no boundaries at all the first step was to and it was it was scary it was absolutely terrifying to start saying no to people especially your loved ones because you've got the whole mum guilt and so you're not allowed to say no 
because that's not what you can do. And so that was a that was a huge transition for me and my family. And it was it was all about courage from me, like actually standing up for myself and saying, no, this is not going to happen. And it, like initially, it was definitely with my partner because I was I was doing everything. Um, I was doing the majority of the childcare. I was working full time. I was doing the housework. I was doing the whole bit. And it was definitely a process of I am no longer you know responsible for your happiness you need to be responsible for your own I'm going to release that now because I've carried it for you know ever since we were together since we were 18 and it's been 30 odd years so that was a huge transition for me and when I realized that was the case that I wasn't responsible for his happiness it was like a huge weight had lifted off but on the other side of the fence he was like hang on what does that mean for me does that mean I have to do more and I'm like "Mm -hmm, yeah it kind of does like you need to step up now because I I need to step back for my own sanity, from my own well-being, from my own peace of mind. I need to step back, and it was it was persistence. It was just constantly, gently reminding them, no, no, this is where the line is. I need you to respect that. A perfect example would be like one of the first things I started doing when I was taking care of myself was meditation. When I first started, I can guarantee every single time I sat down, somebody would walk in. Can I can I have this? Can you do this? Where is this? I'd be like, I'm meditating. And they'd be like, well, I need it. And so I would get up totally angry and frustrated. So it was a training of myself as well as a training of them. And after a period of time, it would be like, no, I'm meditating. And they would stand there and look at me and I'm, I would just shut my eyes. <laughs> I'm not getting up. I am not getting up. And and they learned. And so now, if like if anyone walks in on me when I'm meditating, they open the door up and then they close the door and they walk off. They do not and it's but it is it's a it's a long period of time because i spent such a long period of time training them that i was the lowest priority reversing that cycle and changing everybody's opinions and uh, points of view is also a long process so i would recommend persistence patience courage sometimes there was a definite you know good dose of anger thrown in there because I was getting frustrated with like you're not listening to me I am important now and you need to stop so there was definitely a you know a bit of um I was fueled by a bit of anger you know along the way but definitely persistence and courage and and patience because you're untraining the family that you have trained when we were talking during our pre-interview and then I was kind of going through doing the run through for the show I was like I know that you work with moms who have teenagers, but I think that this is such a great topic because it can relate to all mothers. Like I fully understood where you were coming from because I've been there, even though my children are really small. So I feel like I feel like new mothers and mothers who are, you know, transitioning into having teenagers and even mothers who are like empty nesters because like your children are completely gone. They're out living their life. And now you have all this time. What do you do with it like what do you do with yourself and so I was just thinking like what is the importance of like or how important is it I should say how important is it to make sure that because this is everyone's always like life is short I don't think it's short I think it's what you make it so how important is it for a mother to really find her independence and for her to find her identity and embrace it like if you could tell any mommy out there why this is so important what would you say to her 
I think it's it all sort of comes down to sort of my my mantra when it comes to mums, and it is you are more than a mama. Just because you are a mother now, I mean, it depends on sort of you know how old you were when you had kids, but you have a quarter more of your life prior to having babies that you were an individual, you were a person, you had you had likes, you had dislikes, you had dreams, you had goals. Just because you become a mum doesn't mean you have to give that all away. Doesn't mean that you have to abandon all of that to just focus on on being a mum. And that's what I did. Like I gave it all away. I was exactly the same as you. I had proved to myself and to everyone else that I was the perfect mum and the perfect partner. And my kids were amazing and they were well behaved and all that sort of stuff. And so I gave everything of myself away. And it is vitally important to keep hold of that part of yourself, even while you're a mum. And I think that to be able to do that, you have to have those conversations with your partner that I wish I had have had with my husband along the line of like, all right, so we're both working full time. Who's going to be working and staying home with the children? And who, you know, we both need time away. And when we say away, we need away from the kids and not at work. We need like time at work is not time away from your kids because you're still focused on something else. So we need time apart to do our own separate thing. We need time together without the children and we need to work out how that structure is going to work. So it is vitally important because I got to a point where I'd just given so much of myself away, not aware that that was my choice. And I got to a point that I resented my husband. I, I, I even, and even though I adored my children, I resented them as well because they had, you know, they had somebody who was at their beck and call 24-7 and I was just, I was left with nothing. I'd left myself with nothing. And so when I took responsibility, I mean, I call myself sort of um, an accountability and self-empowerment coach and the accountability part is vitally important. We make those choices. I chose to give myself away and at no point if anyone had told me when I you know had young children that you know you have the right you can choose to do things for yourself you can choose to leave your children with your partner with a babysitter and do your own thing I would never I would never have believed that I had the time that I had the money that I was worth it so it's vitally important for us to realize that as mums and to not let go of the core being that we are before we have I think it's so easy for moms to get lost and and it can happen so fast like before I became a mom I was the kind of person that just did what she wanted to do. And I think that's what my husband actually really found interesting and attractive in me is because he's such a homebody and kind of <laughs> an introvert. And I'm like, let's do it. And he was drawn to that energy, but then we got married and we, we got pregnant right away and everything changed. I completely just shut down and went into protective mode, went into mommy mode, went into like everything makes you feel like you're being selfish. I can't do that. I can't be that anymore. And it's so just from, from my standpoint, it's important to find her again and grab onto her and hold onto her. Don't let her go because like I feel like once you lose her you lose everything around you any mom listening is probably like yeah I've been there or I'm there right now and if you are it's okay to just be yourself and and find yourself and embrace yourself and your husband your partner your kids everybody I love you more for it that's definitely something that I learned and I'm glad like you're here to have this conversation with me to share it with people because it's it's also 
something that I don't feel, I feel like it's becoming more common, but I also feel like it's something that we're afraid to speak about as mothers too. We were afraid to speak up and say, hey, you know, at some point in time, I resented having kids or, you know, I resented my kids. I, I didn't like being a mom. It wasn't that fun because a lot of people don't know, like we're the ones up all night. We're the ones that are there. Like we're the point person when they're sick. We're the, we're the people that keep the schedule. We keep the house. And like when you have all of that, that you carry on a daily basis, it, it gets heavy and it gets heavy really fast and I think a lot of people they shame you for opening up and saying that and so having this conversation today is great because we're removing the stigma from saying like hey it's okay to say I'm not okay as a mom and it's okay to say you know this this hurts me or makes me angry and uncomfortable you know and I think the the big trap that we fall into when we first become a mom I mean we're madly in love so of course you know you want to do everything for your baby because you are mad like the love you feel for your first child is like no love you've ever felt on earth ever before um but we fall into this trap of feeling that it's either mother or me you can't you can't do both that's that's the belief that we have you either to be a, a full-time mum and a 100 percent on on the go all the time mum or if we choose ourselves then we're neglecting our family you can have both you can do both how does selective hearing apply to this subject? I think we fail to listen to ourselves. Like I, I know in hindsight, there was a little voice screaming inside my head the entire time saying, this is not fair. What about me? I'm tired. I need some help. I need some support. I, I need to do things for myself. And I ignored that voice. So I think that's where, where the selective hearing piece comes in for us mums. That voice inside our head is all always there or maybe it's inside our heart actually that voice is inside our heart saying you need to take care of me too like what about me I am important but then you know the the beliefs that we have adopted from our people around us or the way we were brought up it just you know that voice is ignored um you know we choose not to hear it and we choose to listen to you know to the critical side of ourselves and the critics and the judgment of other people we just ignore that that other voice that's telling us that we need to be to be nurtured and to be supported now this is how i like to get the audience because i like to ask how does selective hearing apply to this subject but then I like to also ask how does selective hearing apply to you and what does it mean to you? Selective hearing is is very much about the issue that I've got like the, the situation that we've got at the moment is um, that my eldest and his girlfriend are living with us at the moment while they try and save for a deposit for a house and I think I'm, I'm definitely employing the whole selective hearing when it comes to what he's trying to say to me at the moment he's like i said to him to you a few minutes ago he's i'm not his favorite person at the moment um and that is because he is desperate absolutely desperate to prove himself as an adult to prove himself as a partner and to be able to go and do his own thing to be independent to be responsible to be on his own just him and his girlfriend and he's you know, for financial reasons, because the, the property market in Australia is very tight. And so he's stuck here and he is he's very unhappy. What I'm choosing to hear is that it's all my fault. I am, you know, I'm cramping his style and I'm, you know, getting in his way and I'm getting in his grill and I'm up in his face and I'm too nosy and all that sort of stuff. But that's not what, it's not about me. For me, that's what selective hearing is all about at the moment. It's, it's the story that I'm telling myself. And I think that's, that's a lot of what selective hearing is all about. You choose 
to hear certain things um and not all of them are true not all of them are true like the you we tell stories to ourselves to convince ourselves that our beliefs are right when they're not necessarily true and as a coach like that is one of the first things that you learn is active listening as opposed to selective hearing you learn to actively listen to what people are saying and to allow them to this you know the space to communicate what they they're meaning and and that's the other thing that he's trying to learn is how to communicate with people you know and how to get his message across and in reverse i need to learn you know how to listen to what he is saying um and not to convince myself that it means something that it doesn't mean oh man i'm glad mine is only four i'm not ready for them to date <laughs> i can't uh, the day that he comes home with someone i'm gonna be like no because right now he goes you're my favorite girl and I want to always be his favorite girl. For now, I know it's not always going to be that way, but yeah. I'd be like, and you're my big guy. He goes, and you're my big girl. So, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It is hard. The, the, um, that, was a, that was something that I really struggled with, not being the, the only woman in his life because I was like, for so long, I was, I was it. I was the, you know, the, the woman in his life that he loved above anybody else. Now, not so much. <laughs> no. Now you're in another transition period. That's right, that's right. Now I'm like, no, I am one of the least important women in your life. Uh, oh, wow. Well, if, if they get married soon, invite me. I've never been to Australia, so I want to come. Yep, yeah, that sounds great. I want to come. A- send me an invitation. I'll come. I've never been over there. I want to uh, put all the rumors to rest about if you go over there, you'll get punched by a kangaroo or eaten by a shark or there's killer jellyfish <laughs> everywhere. Like <laughs> it's nice meeting people from other parts of the world because everybody has like their thing. Like, oh, I heard this, or I heard that, and I'm like, everything that they show us here is like Shark Week based. Like, oh, you don't go to the beach, but you guys have the most beautiful beaches ever. But you'll get eaten by a shark, and you guys have quicksand and all. The- I'm like, why would they tell me that? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not really like a sales pitch. But I want to go and see for myself because I don't believe the television. So yes, please keep me in mind so I love to close on an encouraging word and message for the audience so if you have anything that you could say to inspire someone what would it be um I would say that you need to listen listen to your inner voice uh listen to your heart when it's telling you that you need more than, than just to be a mama because that you are you're more than a mama and you need to tap into yourself you need to hold on to those little pieces of yourself that were there before you became a mum. make time for those and nourish those and nurture those because they are important pieces of you because it's not a choice between being a mum and being a woman it's being both finding the balance to do both and getting support so that you can be more than a mum. So how can we find you for coaching opportunities? Please plug in your website, your social media handles. Let us know how we can find Miss Tanya Marie. Uh, my website is tanyamariecoaching.com. Instagram as Tanya Marie Coaching, And Facebook is Tanya Marie Life Coach. So look me up. I would love, love, love to connect with anyone. If you have any questions, if you, um, I, you know, share lots of tips and tools and, and that sort of stuff on my social media. So yeah, I would definitely love to connect with all of your listeners and 
I've got, um, you know, lots of um, free support, you know, resources and supports. And, and you also have the opportunity of having a free 30-minute chat with me if you pop on my website. And I will plug all of that information into the bio about this episode, as always. And you can find all of Miss Tanya Marie's information on my social media. So thank you all for tuning in and listening this week. Until next week, this is Selective Hearing.